I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Welcome to episode four of the official Nerd Talk podcast, Geek Speak. I'm your host, Sean. And joined, as always, on this wacky and silly episode is my co-host, Josh President of the Todd Chavez fan club, Rudy Rudolph. <laughs> this is the podcast where we watch movies, make movies, play games, and more. What else can you ask for? Also, happy Pride Month. Yes, happy Pride Month to everyone and anyone that celebrates. Uh, we here at Geek Speak uh, love everyone, no matter how they identify, what their sexuality, or anything is like. Everyone is welcome here. And yes, so we love you all. Do you like your nickname this week? Yes, I love Todd uh, on BoJack Horseman. If you have not watched BoJack Horseman, great show. Uh, Todd is the best character, and yes, I love him. If you have not watched BoJack Horseman and are at least like probably eighteen, then watch it because it's a R-rated show. <laughs> eighteen. I started watching this when I was sixteen. That oh, was a mistake. <laughs> yeah, this is. Mm, uh, I am speaking on BoJack. Have you watched anything good lately yourself? Uh, oh, that is a that is a great question. Um, I, I just started. Uh, huh? I have a few I want to say, so you go first. Okay. Uh, I just started Netflix's uh new uh show Sweet Tooth based on the DC comic. Yeah. Um, I I've only seen the first episode, but from what I've seen, I am loving it so far. I'm very excited to see where it goes. Um, as for other things, um, I started the third season of Master of None on Netflix. Uh, that is fantastic as well. Um been re-watching some of it's always sunny philadelphia great show um if you have not watched mythic quest on apple on apple tv if you have that uh fantastic show really funny um uh, so i've fallen behind i've fallen behind on high school musical the musical the <laughs> series um and i'm disappointed in myself for that but mostly TV uh, right now yeah and i just started uh kim's convenience because of um simu liu uh who's starring in shang chi uh he's in that show so i decided to start that pretty funny so far Nice. I'm on season four of Bojack Horseman. Um, I've been binging that. I watched about three seasons in about a week. Uh, yeah, it, 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 it'll happen to you. You told me to take a break after season three. I did not. And honestly, and I, I thought it was going to be a lot darker than, than it was because of how much you said take a break. Yeah, I, th- I think it was because like I just like went into it raw, having absolutely zero clue of what was going to happen. And then binging three seasons and then just getting to the end of the third season, I was just like, Oh, so this is what depression feels like. <laughs> oh my, yeah. Bojack's great show. It's fan- the cast. Aaron Paul is fantastic in it. 
I love and like you haven't even finished Breaking Bad. So to me, for you going from Bojack to soon uh, watching Breaking Bad is going to be great. For viewers or listeners, my next show after Bojack Horseman is going to be Peaky Blinders and then Breaking uh, either Game of Thrones or Breaking Bad. So I'm trying to binge all the TV that I'm supposed to have watched in my lifetime. I've been watching Game of Thrones for the past few months now. I'm on season five, just started uh, loving it so far. And so no one ever say anything about how it goes because yeah. I have no idea where it goes. So far, we've gotten no like comments or like emails or anything like that yet. Please email us at nerdtalkproductionsyt at gmail.com or tweet at us at nerdtalk underscore broad using the hashtag geekspeakpod. We'd love to interact with you all if you're listening. We have listeners and we know that now. So stick around and it'd be fun to interact. You yes. get free shout outs. Yes, you say spicy banana wiener. We'll shout it out. I don't know why you would say that, but we'll sh- shout it out if you want to. Uh, my dad listens to this podcast, so thank you for that, Josh. Josh. Um, I've also watched Mitchell- Mitchell's versus the Machines. Oh, such um, a good movie. And speaking of Pride Month, I love what they did in that movie. It's it's so good. It's so subtle, but at least it's not like how Disney uh, has been doing it recently. Yeah. They don't they don't like make it a, like a whole thing and shoot themselves in the foot when they do that. It's nice. I love how in this movie how subtly they did her sexuality and how was mm-hmm. they treat like a normal person. He's like, uh, wait, what do you mean? I said, well, she wore a pride flag pin the entire time, and at the end they had the moment about how the characters like casually is you and are you and Jada like official now. Oh, spoilers. That's not, that's not really spoiling anything like, at all. No. Just it a is a very minor thing compared to everything else. Yeah, that, movie doesn't, that doesn't say anything about the movie. It says that there's a character who's queer, which is awesome. I, I also loved, like, in the beginning, like, uh, she, because, like, when it was flashing back to, like, her as a kid, like, showing the movie she made, and she was talking about, like, how I always never fit in, I always felt weird. I was just like, are you teasing that she might be gay? Because if you are, this is a great way to tease it, because that's a very realistic thing. So good on you, movie. Also and she, I was right. Yeah, and also she had shining socks. That's her, true. Her socks were the um the pattern of the carpet in The Shining. Anyway, that was a great I movie. I love that movie so much. Uh, and we, lo- we love everyone, so please listen and enjoy us. And we're not saying that to, be, like, to get people to listen to us. We're like, we genuinely love anyone who wants to hang out or chill, because people are awesome. Yes, the more people you invite into your life that aren't like you, the better and more interesting your life will be. That's a fun quote. Anyway, uh, that's what we watched lately. I've just been binging BoJack. That's it. It's like 4 a.m. Next up, though, is talking about this week's Disney Channel original movie. I got some notes. We watched, what was it, Josh? Xenon, Girl of the 21st Century. Uh... How would you in give give a five board review? Least sci fi movie, 90s, meh, <laughs> girl, pow, girl, That's more than five words. Um, look, look, I don't, I don't know what to say about this you, one. You, like, out of all the ones we've seen, this is one, this is probably one of the ones I have the least to say about. <laughs> That's completely fair. I had a very, very strong reaction to this movie for no reason. Um, and I'm going to tell you what my reaction is. Okay, for you, yay or nay? I'm going to give this one a nay because it wasn't sci-fi enough for the sci-fi fans. And it wasn't, like, comedic enough for the comedy fans. And I guess if they were kind of going for, like, that, like, 90s, like, girl power, whatever. Like, it's it doesn't even have enough of that. It's It, like, goes, like, halfway with everything but doesn't know where else to go. This movie is a hard nay. I yeah. 
did not love it, but I'm not like we're not saying good about it. Cause I, again, I think people will love this movie. I think it's cute still. All these movies are kind of cute. That's not really the point. Um, let's go on first. I have I starred my notes. That I think are more important to say, which is nice. For my first starred note is everything they're saying is nonsense. What are they saying? Like, there's what is it? Uh, <laughs> hold on, let me let me find this. I need to I need to find this. Uh, so many uh, quotes. Um, um, so um, many quotes. There's so many quotes. Um, ah, oh, come on, where is it? You're, it's something on, that sounds. something that sounds like a penis. Yeah, that's my first note. Cetus, uh, Cetus Lupitas. Yes, she says that so much. Every time I hear it, it just sounds like she's saying, "See this penis." <laughs> I had to rewind it twice because of because she says it in the first like two minutes of the movie. It's her, it's her first line. She says it so much. But, she sell, she also says stuff like a uh, stellar major. Uh, uh-huh. He's viral in the extreme. Like, what is this nonsense? Well, they actually gave you a lesson lesson on dialogue in the movie, which I thought was really funny. But Cetus Lupitas, when she first said it, I rewound it three times. I thought she said Zenus, a penis. <laughs> that, <laughs> also, um, the very first line that's not said by her is the line, may I be the first to tell you how stellinary you look. They do not use the word stellinary at any other point in the movie. And I want more context. I this, guess it's good. This was credited as being based on a book of, I'm pretty sure it's the same title. I have to know what this book is like. Is it written like this? Or was this Disney Channel fight to be cool for the kids? Because just like, what is this nonsense? Like this, this quote, macro is good. Micro is bad. Graphic is beautiful. What is this? Right, that, I wrote that something somewhere wrote about that. Um, I just start the word major because everything is major. Is they just say it in the wrong order? For the longest time, I thought she was just referring to everyone as major. I was just oh like, God. "Why are you referring to everyone as major? What is happening?" You dumbass. Um, <laughs> I'm aware of this fact. The spaceship when they first so they pulled out the spaceship. Like, uh, okay. Well, first off, this movie what is about? So it's very confusing to explain what it's about because there's no plot really. Um, yeah, it's it's like Halloween Town, but less good. Because Halloween Town is just a theme park. This isn't even that. So this movie, we're gonna follow a girl whose name is actually her actual name is Radon Carr, which is the dumbest name in the world. Xenon's better than that. Uh, she goes by Xenon. It's not like a middle name. She just go. That's never explained either. Um, that's Lady her... Bird had Ladybird had more of an explanation as to why she calls herself Ladybird. Right. So Radon is her name, who left Earth at five years old with her parents, who are vague scientists who need to use a thing in space because it needs to be in space. That was pretty much the explanation. There's there like a there's like a bad CG uh, mouse floating in in like gravity. So there's that. Then and that was why they needed to in space, which I feel like. You could replicate some things or not have an entire station with other kids on it for that. Um, also, this was this girl, Radon Carr, uh, who at one point I wrote down her name was, uh, I can't find her now. It was like Zoriathus. I, I named a bunch of different Z names at one point, um, but I then changed it all to Xenon because that's less confusing. But anyway, so she... Her parents went, took her to the, to the space station. This is also where the station's been in the space for 27 years, they said. But the world is still, like, 1990 with a few extra, like, hovering things. Yeah, like, 
for sci for sci-fi like this like because it takes place in the year 2049 which i find hilarious because the movie blade runner 2049 exists so to me i just put it in that world and it's hilarious um but like there's no like futuristic sci-fi stuff on earth everything is pretty much the same the only thing is like a solar panel like charging station for your car which de like that's not how you power that's not how you power solar powered cars they power themselves by the sun you don't need to recharge them like that <laughs> Yeah. Again, this movie's kind of nonsense. I did not like it. It is the bottom of the four to me. It, it is easily the worst to me. It doesn't have anything, like, crazy about it, like, um, you lucky dog. It doesn't have any kind of fun about it. Uh, like, Brink, like, is dumb, but it's a fun kind of dumb. And then you have Halloween Town, which is just fun. This, uh So, plot-wise, we still haven't finished the plot. So, I'm going to say, like, probably two sentences. Girl from earth go to space then because she's trying to solve a problem and no one believes her she goes back to earth and then she needs to solve the problem still so she goes back to space <laughs> is that I, the plot pretty much okay cool. i hate i hate her parents in this just like the amount of times your daughter has come to you with evidence and like with witnesses it says like shit is about to go down you need to listen to me and they're like no you are a child we will not listen to you we smart scientists then as the ship is like you know malfunctioning and breaking they're like oh no what's happening why is nothing working and then you just see xena being like i told you you idiots I love... why why are you stupid yeah they're, they're worse than brink's dad but... oh my god they're so much worse but the the funniest part is she was on a call, which they called, I think, uh, Videograms, which is dumb. Um, she was on a video okay. chat call with her parents from Earth to space with perfect reception. Okay. Um, and the weirdest part out to me was she explained what was going wrong, asking, has anything else gone wrong yet? And here's why. And like, nah, it's all good. Don't, don't worry. The second the call ends, more stuff happens. And like, I wonder what's causing this. They're so stupid, but for no good reason. I, I hate it. I start in all caps. This is based on a book. That's crazy to me. Um, my, what, one of my favorite things was um, around the beginning, uh, Xenon wants to go on a spacewalk for reasons I don't remember. And so she's out there and then like her dad, like, you know, like sees her and reels her back in. And then they're talking to her, just saying like, why were you out there on a spacewalk? Like you could fucking die. Like, you know, there's like asteroids and shit. Like it's going to be bad. And she's like, I can handle myself. I'm 13. I'm like, no, you cannot. It is space. Have you seen the movie Gravity with Sandra Bullock? She's an adult and she could barely handle herself in that. So like, no. Also, Clish she's also not watched Halloween Town. She was also 13 and couldn't handle herself. I um, literally, I literally wrote that down. I was like, this is not, go this is not going to a Halloween party at night. It is space. Um, some of the effects were okay. Some of them, not all of them. When the spaceship first pulled, like the visual of the spaceship. They zoomed out from a window to see this giant space station. When I first started zooming out, I'm like, oh, this looks terrible. But then when I got to like a decent amount of zoom down, I'm like, okay, this looks like a Star Trek shot now. Um, now it's cool. Just what The note from that is basically don't blow up your 3D models too big and zoom into them. A 3D model that was that quality should not be that zoomed into. Um, yeah. And, like, I had a thought, um, like, if you've seen the um, Seth MacFarlane's sci-fi show, The Orville, um, it's it's uh, not graphics. <laughs> it's special effects, especially when it comes to CG stuff. It's not the greatest, but, like, it's doing what it can do with, like, the budget that it has. Because it uh, first was on Fox, but now it's about to be on Hulu. And, like, here, it's just, like, you had a budget that probably was pretty decent for the 90s. And, like, your effects look like this? 
Ow. <laughs> I think it's funny that in, in this universe, the first woman president is still Clinton. I was just like, man, the irony here, yeah. or just like this. I, I want to see in 2049, like if like uh, Clinton's daughter like becomes president and like Chelsea this movie Clinton. like predicted the future. They call her Chelsea Clinton. Um, also, the set and lighting in the movie remind me a lot of the TV show Power Rangers Lightspeed Rescue. Have you ever seen the show? You know what I mean? Josh has not seen that show, though. I've not seen it, but it's a, it looks like um, one of those shows. Just like I understand completely what you mean by the way the lighting and everything if is. I I'm just like. Ugh. Yeah, if I showed you some shots specifically from that show, they'd be like, oh yeah, that's the exact same kind of set. Xenon, as a fun side block, had to go to school. You, not, I almost said human school. Wait, which school were we talking about? Space school or Earth school? Both were dumb. But Earth were school, dumb. the things that happened were stupid. So I have oh a mini rant here. There's a moment where Xenon had to go to a chemistry class and she blew something up by accident because comedy but it's because she used uh celsius instead of fahrenheit and that bothered me a lot in the scene because the teacher's like we use fahrenheit here on earth i'm like no you do not in a science class first off if you are in a science <laughs> setting you usually you will usually use celsius or a variety of kelvin like a, a very high kelvin number yeah, you don't just use one form of temperature uh, measurement. <laughs> right. And often, if you're using Fahrenheit, you're going to tell your students first. Because science is very specific. You tell them exact measurements in the correct thing. You can't assume which measurement type to use in science class. Because I like, just wanna, in America... Just wanna... Yeah, go on. No, uh, you continue. In, in, in American science classes, we still use Celsius for the most part. Anyway, I just find what bothers me the most is that like she clearly like has school up in space and like is clearly learning like what normal kids learn. And then when she's on Earth, it's just like she's on a completely like different planet. Ha ha. But like it's like everything she was taught up in space. She was never taught like Earth stuff. It's just like you got to leave the space station eventually. Like when you want them prepared to, for life on Earth, like this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, um. It's a funny line though. You'd fully blow you'd fully blow an O-ring. We had to return return to Earth, huh, Mom? What the fuck is an O-ring? <laughs> Tug on my tugger. <laughs> what? That was a quote. Tug on my tugger. I do not remember who said this. I don't remember what the context was, but I wrote it down and like I'm haunted by this. <laughs> when you first said there's no they said hug on my tugger. That's different. <laughs> When, when her mom put on uh, her stress helmet, I was just like, "That is not for. That is not a stress helmet. That is something for sex." But I want it because the stress-free helmet sounds nice. Uh, I love that this movie doesn't escape the '90s at all, and like the Rockstar Boys still had the frosted tips from the '90s. Yeah, they thought they thought it was gonna last so much. the The director of this movie also made the movie Steel with Shaq. Oh no. He also made um, a TV movie of the Incredible Hulk show with um, Lou Ferrigno. Well, that's fine. Wasn't that back in like the 70s or 80s? Yeah. 
one of my favorite things was Xenon has two very weird falls during this movie. At one point, she like crawls out of a recycling thing because she was looking for clothing material or something. I don't remember. And like when she falls, she just kind of like ungracefully like uh, like leans out. She's like, oh, like that's yeah. literally how she sounded. It just fell. And then the second time she falls is when she's getting off of the spaceship um, when she's on Earth. And then, like, she just, like, sneezes and, like, catapults herself forward down the stairs. It was so funny to me. That was, like, the only time I burst out laughing, but I wasn't supposed to. I think the um, uh, the space kid actors were worse than the Earth kid actors. Which is weird, because you had Raven Simone was one of the uh, kids um, in space, and, like, she's okay. been acting since, and she's been acting since she was a child. And so here, it's just like, you got nothing to do here, did you, Raven? That's so not Raven. Um, uh, let's see. There was a boat floating right above the water, like a, like a flying boat, but like right above the water, and it was really dumb. Just happy on the water. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, I, here's a new thing we should play for no future DCOMs. How many DCOMs have a love stare? So we got Brink and Val. Yep. <laughs> uh, after the the rock escapade, we have. I think for a second, wait. I had to think. Wait, who's Val again? I remember. It's oh, the dude. Yeah, I remember the, now. <laughs> uh, we have Dogman and Dog. Yep. Xenon and the boy from Greg. His name. I first wrote down Lunch Boy because he met up lunch. <laughs> At, uh, there's a moment where after lunch when she's. On Earth for the first time, ha- having this little cafe lunch, she doesn't actually doesn't even eat. She just leaves. When he's le- when uh, she's leaving, the boy Greg just stares her down like intensely, and they stare, stare each other. And it's like this weird like zoom in like love effect. I'm like, why? Like love <laughs> first sight was did not need to happen for like thirteen year old. I just remembered. Um, so with Greg, there's a girl. Um, uh, what ah, oh, what's her name? Uh, it starts with it starts Margie? with an M. Margie, yeah. Uh, Margie very clearly has the hots for Greg and does like everything to try to get his attention the entire film he completely ignores her um, and then at the end she literally just says like hey I like you like you know let's go on a date and he's like read my lips Margie I do not like you it's just it was so like in her face I was just like this is really unintentionally funny okay so remember when uh, Xenon is like in gym and like they're gonna do like the swimming stuff Yes. And like her and like her gym teacher asks her, like, can you swim? And she says, yes, I can swim. Then Margie like shoves her in the pool and then Xenon like is drowning. And then like, you know, Greg pulls her out and saves her. And then he said, I thought you said you can swim. She's like, yeah, in space. I'm just like, what does that mean? You clearly could see this is a pool of water, not the endless void of space. There is a very clear difference as to how that works. Anyone could do that in space. You just hang there. I, I have a note here that says, how is it every 13-year-old knows how to hack except for me? Because right, it's right. just like, there's just like a kid that's like able to hack into like this multi-billion dollar corporation's like disc that's essential to the plot and like figure out what they're doing. I'm just like, you are a child. This is the 90s. No one knows how to use computers at this time. That's my next note. My next note said, why can any kid just hack into anything in any movie? Uh, also, the, the virus. Let's talk about that for a second. There's a weird virus that has an animation of a worm hatching out of an egg and crawling through a hexagon- hexagonal uh, page and breaking through the computer and the computer fries and sparks. What? That is some, that is some BBS uh, putting logos in front of the Justice League members uh, kind of bullshit that I do not like. <laughs> you can just say it is a virus or, the, or you can just have the computer fry. You don't even have to have a, a weird animation of an egg 
hatching open to release a toxic virus worm. That's so advanced. I get it's for children, but still, like, what animators are you hiring to, like, animate this for you? Like, or discount Jim Rash, like, are, do you know how to do it yourself? Also, like, the guy, oh uh, he's not the main villain, but he's the main villain side villain. He looks like a discount Jim Rash from Community. Um, Jim Rash played the Dean in Community, if you've seen it. does. Now that I say that, Sean, do you see the resemblance at all? Yeah, but he seemed also like he was, uh, this is gonna, I don't want to insult an actor, never mind if that's something kind of mean. Um, I'll say that the way he portrayed the role reminded me of a vulture mixed with mm -hmm. the turtle, mixed with a worm. Interpret yeah. how you will. <laughs> I could see it. At first, when you said a vulture, I thought, like, he's not Michael Keaton. He's not acting like him. Um, what are you talking about? I will also say that the Mr. Wingham. Oh, there's a, right. There's a villain. <laughs> sort of. It's yeah. it's like Halloween Town. Like, there's a villain, I guess. Something. Oh, I did my last note is about the villain. But the villain would also remind me of Discount Alec Baldwin, and I can't explain it. Um, I think I can. I think I can see where you're coming from. Here's one of my notes says he actually had a moment where it's like, "You're not like other girls. You're different," and that made me cringe so hard. There's, <sighs> don't do there's the manic pixie dream girl thought. What? Uh, no, nah, uh, but I agree with you. Manic pixie dream girl. Stop, stop that trope. You're not like other girls. You're you're different. Like you can't, Greg, that's not just because she's like. Don't. Mm, nope. Anyway, <laughs> I don't like uh, Greg. He's he's sus. Yeah. Uh, when he and uh, Zion are done with their quote unquote date, like it starts to rain. Zion is just like, "What's this?" And he's like, "It's rain." How do you not know about rain? And I was just like, "Yeah, Zion." How not know about rain you had science classes in space this is a very easy thing to learn kindergartners learn about what it is if he if you know celsius then she should know what rain is also it rains I, on other planets too what i think progressively throughout the film greg starts to realize that xeon is not worth it because by the end like um when everything when like the day is saved and everything and xeon is like on a video call with him he just looks like so dead oh inside God. like he does not want to be talking to her I don't know that it was purposeful in that exact same scene in the end. There's a weird dance party scene with Frosted Tips Boy. Um, and sorry, that's for if you haven't seen the movie, there's a scene in the end of the movie where everyone's singing and dancing because there's a huge contest for some reason about a rock star. This movie is so 90s and it's not in a good way. But so there's a scene and the video. So she video calls from space, purpose quality. Uh, Greg, the Earth Boy, who she has a crush on and went on dates with, sort of, um, like Josh was saying, and she does a she blows a kiss to the camera, and he does like a little salute, doesn't blow a kiss back, doesn't smile, just like does a two finger little hand wave. That's it. Like, do you hate her? What? He was like, I, I don't want this person anymore. I think maybe he also realized that it's just like he keep, she keeps talking about how like space is her home and everything like that, and I think he realized, shit, she's in space now. I don't think she's coming back. Damn it, now I gotta date Margie. <gasps> no, he's gonna date the uh, other kid, the hacker. Oh, because... yes, of course. Ma right. Match made in heaven. Honestly, they had more chemistry than Margie did. Oh, e easily. Margie was just, like, always in the background. It's just, like... And, like, whenever she was, like, in the scenes after the pool scene, I'm like, Greg, why are you inviting her? She basically tried to murder Xenon, like, not intentionally, but, like, still. Like, why is she here? And again, for reference, there's a... On Earth, there's a group of three main children greg is is white boy then we have 
uh, Hacker Boy, who is a friend. And then you have Margie, who's in love with Greg, White Boy. Um, and then Xenon comes down and is like, I'm going to date Greg. <laughs> That's what happened with that. Also, Greg is a horse girl. Yes, he works at a stable. Um, it's or never explained either. Yeah, I th- I guess he like works there somewhat. Um, and like he introduces Xenon to like you know horses because again she doesn't really know what a horse is or like what it really looks like. Um, my guess is that this started out as like maybe the book is like Xenon is actually like an alien from like a different world and goes to Earth, and like Disney Channel is just like nah she's she's gotta be human and she's like well none of this makes any sense if she's a human. But they did it anyway, and it still doesn't make any sense. <laughs> if you have seen this and if you've read the book, please email us. I we want more know. knowledge. And we don't we're not gonna look it up. That's not fun. So if you're listening to this in a year from now, still email us. We'll still check. Please. Uh, please. I we need information on this, but without trying to look it up. Uh let's see. My la- my last two notes we have in quotes dozens of people and diehard rock fans. It is an exact line from a news reporter. And that implies two things. That rock fans aren't people. <laughs> and that's the best part of that. But also, no, that's, that's pretty much what it is. Dozens of people and diehard rock fans. But it also, it leads to questions of, can people not be rock fans? If you are I... per. What, at what point do you change from a person to a diehard rock fan? Are you no longer a person? When do you give up your personhood for how much rock you listen to? I I, I don't know the answer to this one. This is a big what, question, what am, Josh. <laughs> one of my last notes is, is like, during the final, like, oh, the ship is going to crash, even though it's in space, nowhere near Earth's pull of gravity, so they're going to be fine for a bit. Um, they just float. Uh, her phone thing um, got changed to, like, where she can call between the station and the Earth. But she can't make local calls to people on the station. Just like, you can go from here to thousands of miles to Earth, yet you can't call someone that's like 20 feet away from you, like, in another room. Like, what kind of Xbox bullshittery is this? Like, what is this? Uh, I also, that was, yeah, it made no sense. The movie as a whole is nonsense. This movie- We're not came, good nonsense. No. This movie came down to insurance money, and that's honestly amazing. And- and, like, that part is also, it's just, like, if you were so concerned about the insurance money, why did you keep pouring money into this? Like, wouldn't you have, it's just, like, uh... Yeah, also for the good guys, if you save the, the station, you also lose the station. Because he's trying to destroy it, but he's also the one funding it. So, yeah. you don't win. There's not a happy ending here. In any scenario. Yeah. And, like, you know, once he's arrested at the end, like, who's to say that there aren't other lackeys, like, underneath him that are going to continue his plan to destroy the station or, like, dismantle it or something? Like, no one wins! Uh, my last note of the movie as a whole is in, is my last starred note, and that is, this movie is Thor mixed with the, with the movie The Space Between Us, and nothing will change my mind. I have not seen the space between us yet, but I'm. It is about a boy that's like living in space for a long time that goes to Earth. Correct? Yes. Okay, I can see where you're coming from on this. It is the movie Thor and that mixed together, and it's. Oh, they also have a thing of a horse moment in that movie too. I think. In what? In, in Thor? Yeah. I mean, you're in not Oc- wrong. No, I meant in uh, Space Between Us. 
Oh, I, th- I thought you were just talking about the scene in Thor when he goes into the pet shop horse. demanding a horse, and then he and then he says we have dogs. He said, "Give me one large enough to ride." Uh, so that's the decom for the week. That's this ha- is this is the worst one we've this seen is so terrible. far. Don't watch it. You can skip it. Apparently, it's also like famously bad. I've heard. It's it's just not it's not good. It's not even an entertainingly bad. Like Brink, like I wouldn't really say is a good movie, but it's an entertainingly now, fun movie. Thing. Again, this, these are all Disney Channel original movies. You know, these have TV budgets. We know that good and bad ranges in quality. This is just for us a nay. Like you skip, you can skip this one. Yeah, there's there's nothing like we're not like being like uh, like ah, it's just not good because it's Disney Channel. No, it's generally genuinely just not that great. Uh, next up is we're gonna change it over here because to end the segment today, end the whole podcast, we're gonna be doing the super weird story mixed with our main topic because our main topic is basically just an extended weird superhero story. First thing is you've seen Cruella Deville, the Emma Stone uh, Joker movie. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily no. I like I can see where people are comparing it, but just like it's really not that. I mean, I might need to see both of them again, like back to back, just to see. No, but no, no. that's. It's not saying it's the movie Joker, but it's a... The, the, never mind. Wow. But yes, it, you've seen Cru- Cruella. Yes, I have. Good movie. I've not seen it yet, but Cruella 2 is in the works, and you keep tweeting at me saying, this is just 101 Dalmatians. <laughs> what is Literally, happening? Like, like, the end of the movie like directly ties into 101 Dalmatians. It's like, this is where you're leading to. Call it 101 Dalmatians. Don't be scared. You've remade everything else. You've already remade this before. Why yeah. not remake it again? Like, what's what's the big deal here Honestly, with not calling it 101? Just bring back Glenn Close again also and just replace Emma Both Stone. of them at the same time. Two Cruellas. Do it. Cruella DeVille. Uh, is this for you a Cruella sequel in the work to Disney? Is that a yay or a nay? Like... I'm gonna give it a yay because I really did enjoy the first movie and like the not and the cast and like the director and writers are back. Um, so like that's a good sign to me. Um, but I'm also gonna give it a nay because it's not called 101 Dalmatians when it, that's exactly what's gonna be. Unless it's not. If it's not, that's a big surprise. But hey, whatever, man. <laughs> I'm gonna give this a nay just to be against Josh because it's fun to be against him sometimes. <laughs> Because it came out like a out. week ago, and instead I saw a Quiet Place Part Two, which is a better that, choice to me. I would say see Quiet Place Two first before you see Cruella. Uh, and Cruella also watched Quiet Place Part Two. We did a podcast on it, so go check out the podcast. Whoa, that's right, we did. <laughs> Crazy, but Cruella Two, I give a nay because, uh, Cruella, <laughs> because, <laughs> because it's called Tuella. It's not called Tuella, and that's upsetting. I think it should be. I hope uh, it is. Next up involves uh, Seth Rogen and um, Leonardo and Michelangelo and Raphael and Donatello. He is making a movie about the famous Italian Renaissance painters. <laughs> yes. It was a bold. It's a bold and risky move for him, but I'm curious to see what it's going to be like. <laughs> Absolutely. So Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles reboot from Seth Rogen, Nickelodeon set for 2023. Thank you, Variety. So and this has grab a slice of pizza because the here's and a half shell are coming back to the sewers. Okay. Um, so Seth Rogen is producing, yes, producing, uh, a new Ninja Turtles animated CG reboot movie. And my thought is, okay, I don't really, I don't really mind one or the other. I love Ninja Turtles, so I'm fine with it. I would like more live action Ninja Turtles stuff though, honestly, but I would like it to be not the Michael Bayified version. 
and not the like, 80s campy version. You need a slightly healthier mix. Yeah, for for me, I have always been indifferent on the turtles. Even when I was a kid, I was it was nothing that like never like really attracted me that much. And then like the 2007 movie came out, I saw it. They didn't really affect me. Then the Michael Bay versions came out. I saw them again. Didn't really affect me. Um, and um, I did watch Batman versus the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> fucking fucking fantastic movie. I am not joking in the slightest. That is a great movie. Um, if you're a Batman fan or a Turtles fan, watch it. It's great. Fun. Um, but this I'm actually like kind of excited for because Seth Rogen has been like uh, producing some of the best comic book shows to come out recently uh, with The Boys um, and Invincible. Um, and those shows are incredible. Um, if you haven't seen those, please check them out. So when I heard he was doing a Turtles movie, I was just like, OK, you, you've, you've got my interest. Also, um, Jeff Rowe, who co-directed and wrote the Netflix film The Missiles vs. the Machines, will helm this film as, as well. Oh, yes. And that's awesome. Uh, so you didn't know that, you did not know that part beforehand? I did not. That's great. Uh, and these turtles, I mean, let's you mentioned this 2007 movie uh, called TMNT. That is my favorite turtle design for animation. And it's, and they've never done it again. I'm very upset by that. But that being said, this movie, I'm going to give a yay because more turtles is great. I love the turtles. I'm, I'm going to give it a yay too. Turtles is something that I'm not entirely excited for, but with Rogan behind this, I'm it, I, it makes me excited. Didn't he work on The Boys? Yes, he yeah. uh, he was in uh, he was either producer or executive producer, but he helped bring the show um, to life because I think the f- first comic book show he did was uh, Preacher, and then um, uh, it was The Boys, now Invincible. And he's actually um, he and Evan Goldberg are writing and directing an Invincible movie. Um, not sure when that's coming out, uh, but it's going to be coming out sometime soon in the future. Uh, next up is a picture. <laughs> um wow a picture in a podcast crazy so if you know you welcome i'll show you where where, 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 so i'll show you all where to find this if you look up warner uh bros and they (laughs) discovery so warner brothers oh god released a new logo for their merger which we talked about two weeks ago i think so yeah warner bros discovery it, it made a, a hmm. how to best to describe it it is a sky uh it's very nostalgia making it's like the, it's kind of like the old clouds from like the like 80s 90s era wv that's fine but the clouds are more cartoony than that uh yeah and it's it's that gold like word art font from like old powerpoints uh pretty yeah. much and it's warner bros discovery the stuff that dreams are made of. The, the, imagine me in marketing and writing the word stuff on your logo. Uh, I'm, not a, I'm not a fan of it. I'm not a fan of the design. I'm not a fan of that slogan. I hope that it changes and that this is just kind of like a tease, but this is like what it's going to be changing to. I, I, I don't like it. <laughs> I kind of wish that it just went back to their old blue and gold logo. Yeah. like but That'd be cool. Like, stick with what the people already like. Why do companies feel the need to constantly change their logos every few years? Because they're old, like, just, they're old, like, blue clouds uh, and the bright blue and gold WB logo was awesome. I actually loved that as a kid. Like, it's right, it, that already felt nostalgic. So if you just brought that back, you'd bank on the nostalgia still without people getting upset with you. 
I hate that they changed the WB uh, shield now to like this white and blue um, thing that's like even smaller. I, I hate that design. If you've seen any like of WB's movies since Tenet um, to now, they changed the logo and I hate it. Uh, I firmly agree. I want bring back the bring back, bring back the blue and gold, that old Scooby Doo era. That's what we need more of. You say yay or nay to the new I'm, logo. Nay, right now I see no reason to give this a yay. I don't. I again. These are pretty. Some of these are pretty indifferent right now to me. But also, just nay. This news week is not a huge news week. I don't know. No. It's, it's, it's not amazing. We'll probably have more. Hopefully, we'll have more news next week. In the Spider Verse Two, which it's not titled that officially yet, but it's a, it's a sequel. Uh, is a Issa Ray? How do you? I don't know. I S S A. I think it's it's. I think it's Issa Ray. I could be wrong. I am horrible with names. We are both incredibly white. Um, I don't know. White. I don't know most names, and that's just me not stating my ignorance. And we will hopefully get better at that. Um, I S S A space R A E actress um, joins Spider Man in the Spider Verse as Spider Woman, and I'm fine with that. Uh, which Spider Woman is she playing again? I believe oh, Jessica, Jessica Drew. Drew. Okay, awesome. I love that. Jessica Drew is a great character. I am giving this a, a tentative yay, but uh, casting wise. Again, I'm pretty different too. I've seen her in one movie. I saw her in what was the movie I saw her in? Rom com. I, uh, I don't. I don't know what you've seen her Hold in. Hold on. I, I've seen. I know I've seen her in uh, the photograph and uh, the Lovebirds. Um, I think she's really funny. I think she's a great, good actress. Um, so obviously, oh. I'm always excited for casting. Never mind. I've seen her in nothing. You like it? You like casting wise? Yes, I think and, she's a good actress, and so I'm excited to see what they uh, what she does with the role. I'm more excited that this news is happening in the first place because that means that we're getting potentially more Spider-Man news coming soon too. Wait, wasn't uh, like a couple months ago? Wasn't Olivia Wilde confirmed to be making a Spider Woman movie, yeah, or like some kind so? of Spider Person movie? I think it was at least rumored. I don't know if it's confirmed. Uh, hold on, give me one second to Google. The article just says that Olivia Wilde is tapped to direct an untitled female-centered uh, Marvel movie at Sony. And okay. I think that evolved into a Spider-Woman person Rumor. movie. Okay, so, so right now it's not confirmed exactly what it is. So, uh, Issa Rae, uh, I'll give it a yay because I like Spider-Woman. I like Jessica Drew. I like that she, I like that she, being, that she is being brought to screen at all. Yes. Um, next up is also pretty, is pictures. We have three pictures now next. And the last, last of our news is just three pictures. And it's Shazam 2, Fury of the Gods, had set pictures that leaked. Which, they were spammed all over our feeds everywhere. So we weren't trying to seek out set leaks, but that's what happened. They're not really big spoiler leaks, though, which thankfully that's not the case. Yeah, um, it's it, we got to see basically the new Shazam Captain Marvel suit. And overall... I give this one a yay, but I mm-hmm. actually no. I'm giving it an a nay for one reason: the logo is really bothering me. I I can understand that. The emblem is give really it, bothering me. I'm gonna give it a yay because personally, I think the way the changes uh, they made to like the texture, things like the gauntlets, the belts, and things like that, to me, uh, and like the tone of the muscles as well, I think uh, works a lot better than the first one. Um, I do agree. I don't like the logo change, um, but overall, I'm gonna give it a yay. All that being said, if you look at the logo from the first one again, the lightning bolt is not is a little off. 
But if you look at the uh, picture of Shazam, if you Google around Shazam, look at a picture of his chest, the right side of the lightning bolt on his chest is a is a weird shape. It doesn't match right. And that's always bothered me. So they fixed that part. But overall, the logo doesn't fit well on his chest. It's a little awkward. It's not big enough. It's not long enough. It, it doesn't glow looking like, mm, it's bothering me a lot. I also want to see the cape on him. Let's see if they change the cape. That's, that's always been something that's weird to me, seeing these characters with capes and then, like, realizing, like, most of the time they don't wear the actual capes. Well, in the first film, it was practical almost the entire time. Yeah, because it was mostly, like, because, like, it was a lot of the, like, hood um, kind of stuff, and there wasn't a huge amount of, like, flying scenes. Right, and that sounds great. I want to see, I'd love to see more of the practical capes. I like practical capes a lot, actually. Yeah. Because they don't, capes in movies now just, like, always flow, like, constantly. Like, that, that's not how capes work. <laughs> uh, it's not yay. how the wind works <laughs> yeah so nay for the lightning bolt but you said yay overall I like the suit, yeah. I like the changes overall but that lightning bolt is really bothering me so it's a nay once they change that which they won't change um, it's better <laughs> it could be better it can post production there, there's dots on him still they could do stuff like making the chest bigger and stuff that doesn't who knows how it's going to change in the future MCU knows they change all stuff all the time in post with costumes I mean it's worked for them though with Spider-Man, and Black Panther, and Civil War. Like right. if, like again, when I first saw, it, I didn't even know it was all CG over, and it was. I was just like, oh, well, that's neat. Yeah. Next up is Thor. If you go to Taika Waititi's Instagram account, who's directing <laughs> Thor, uh, there's a picture with uh, Dwayne Johnson-sized arms on Chris Hemsworth. That man has gotten so jacked for this movie. Yeah, uh, Chris Hemsworth has definitely fitting right now, fitting the male gaze. Like, oh, that's the that's the, what men want to be like right now. <laughs> that's ooh, big boy. Uh, Whereas where on the other side of the picture, we have uh, Taika Waititi as Korg, wearing a very fun costume. <laughs> I, the only thing I care about from this photo is that the fact that Korg is back. That's all I care about is just seeing Korg is back. I I love Taika, um, at his writing and directing, but him as Korg is just it's something special. Chris Hemsworth looks very large, and his hair is long and blonde. And I'm pretty sure that's his actual hair, because, like, there's been photos of him, like, walking around town, like, with uh, yeah. the hair actually being long. Which I'm glad, actually. I'm just like, that's that's dedication. It'll be a lot just better like, for him. Everything he does. <laughs> well, like, in Pat, wigs fly around, whereas his actual hair, they won't fly off or in your face as much. Yeah. But he is wearing, like, this is leaning heavy into Taika Waititi's, Taika Waititi's 80s love. I do like, though, that um, on his shirt, it looks like Victor Sill, the Tree of Life. Mm-hmm. I just noticed that just now. That's cool. Uh, this is a yay, because it shows that there's more uh, Korg. Yeah, I'm I'm going to give it, yeah, yay too, for, uh, only for Korg. Now, next up is from Andy M- Machete. Muschietti, I think. Andy Machetti. He likes swords. Again, again, we're very white and we're from America. We don't know a whole lot about how to pronounce other people's names. We are ignorant people. We are stupid and we are sorry. But he posted a picture of Michael Keaton's Batman Returns modified suit. A modified version of Batman Returns Michael Keaton's suit. Mm -hmm. Uh, Chest emblem with a bit of blood splatter, which is also reminiscent of the Watchmen logo. And since this movie's about... Which also, the first picture you release from flashpoint or from flash movie should be the flash just saying 
no, because Batman. Remember, remember, Batman is ninety five percent of all DC things, oh so he must be the center of everything. So, anyway, the director of the Flash movie, which posts a picture of the bat of Michael Keaton's Batman, and it looks like a picture. I'll give this. I I keep giving names and things, but I'm just mad. Our first picture is not a Flash picture. That's upsetting. Um. The picture as a whole is cool. I like seeing the return. It is it is a returns suit basically back. Probably look more armored since then and stuff. But it looks like the plating. Like if you look at the chest piece, the lower half is very much like Batman Returns. The emblem for Returns not not eighty nine Batman. Um, I like I like seeing a classic Batman logo again though, like the yellow mm-hmm. and stuff. That's nice. <laughs> I just... I just had a realization. Um, I'm first. I'm gonna say this is. I'm. I'm gonna give this an A. Like I think it's cool to see that, but uh, it's just it's not really for me at the moment. But as a, as we were talking about earlier with like people getting like uh, theorizing like about everything about No Way Home, almost no one is theorizing about this movie. Not a single soul is theorizing about. It. No one's guessing. Just like oh, this is who the villain is. Ah, this is who other characters are going to be. And like, there's nothing of it. The only thing that we get is what's confirmed from the movie. And it's just like, we have multiple Batman. We have Supergirl. We have a this, 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 this. And Flash is going to appear in it. Um, and it's just like, I think that this is the kind of like, um, will be the result of like the, of like what happens like when like everything gets put into a movie and the main character like doesn't get focused on. Like, um, I don't know if No Way Home is going to be like that. Uh, but like, that's kind of what we fear it's going to be. I think that this is what that's going to be. Um, it's just like it's going to do so much, and the main character is going to be so sidelined, um, and it's just not going to really know what it's doing. I. It's not that I don't have faith in the director; he's done good stuff in the past. But just with everything Warner Brothers has done, this has me very worried. Um, I think it's cool getting Batman, uh, uh, Ben Affleck, and Michael Keaton back um, in those roles. I think that's a cool thing. Um, I'm exci- I'm curious to see what uh, the new Supergirl is going to be like, but like. Again, this is supposed to be a Flash movie. A Flash movie, people. Let's not forget this, but apparently they have already forgotten To your it. point about theorizing, I feel like it's because people are like, this should be a Flashpoint. We're not going to theorize. We know the comics. But instead, they're, a bit, they're going so far away from Flashpoint at this point that there's nothing to theorize. We're like, we don't know what's happening at all anymore. There's nothing to but go I mean- off of. But I mean, like with No Way Home, no one has any fucking clue what's happening with that movie. So it's just like they're just theorizing the hell out of it. So it's just like now I feel like would be the time to start theorizing again. It's just like, okay, so we know that they're going to use Flashpoint to an extent. How can this all tie in? Because at first when it was just, um, I can't remember if it was Michael Keane or Ben Affleck was confirmed first. But which, whenever one of them was confirmed, people were just like, oh, he's going to be the mentor. Kind of like how it was in the comics. Uh, but now that's very clearly not going to be the case. So oh, we, it's just we don't like, know that. We don't, we know, don't that. know that, I but think, again, I this is the problem. Yeah, I'm. I'll give it a. Mm-hmm. The suit looks good, but I'm giving it an A because the first picture should be about Flash, not Batman. Yeah, you kind of dropped the ball on that one, guys. But honestly, again, I'm not surprised because this is though. WB and Batman is king at WB. I'm excited because I want to see Ben again. I'm excited for that. I'm excited because I like Ezra's Barry acting wise at least um i like a lot of what dc has to offer but right now they don't know what they're offering (laughs) no they really do not like it's clear they're using flashpoint to do like what x-men did with days of future past just to fix the mistakes 
But to them, the mistakes aren't really the mistakes. They created their own mistakes and instead are doubling down um, that what they did was in the right, which, again, we've covered this before. It very much was not. What they and the changes they made made the things even worse. So it's just like, what are you guys doing? Now, on to our main topic, and now we're in. This podcast is originally going to be pretty short. This might be our longest one yet. I'm not sure. This is our super weird story. It's also our main topic because it's going to be a little bit longer probably than normal, like, 15, 20 minutes than it normally is. Um, this one's going to probably be about half an hour to, like, 40 minutes, and it's about something that actually happened in real life, Josh. Wow. A super weird story. Do you know about real-life superheroes at all? Uh, I remember when I went to go to the theater to see Kick-Ass uh, 2, very disappointing movie. Um, at the Alamo Draft House, they like to show clips of things that could be related to the movie. Um, and there were some clips of, like, uh, people, like, actually dressing up like superheroes um, and just, like, patrolling the streets, uh, being kind of, like, vigilantes. Um, I don't really remember specifics of it. I just remember that, like, okay. there are people that are actually doing that, which is a so, thing. So, here we go. Benjamin John Francis Fodor. Okay. Okay. Born in 1988 in Texas. Is a real life superhero. Uh, retired. I think. So it gets complicated. This man okay. initially wore a ski mask to intervene in a public assault. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fodor later developed a full costume. And <laughs> it's a lot. So he, he was the leader of um, the Rain City superhero movement in Seattle, Washington. Mm. He based a citizen patrol group that like described itself as a crime prevention brigade, br- mm-hmm. brigade, and I don't know where to begin with this. So he made a super suit, an actual super suit. Mm. It, the suit is a mostly rubbery looking material, mm-hmm. and it's all black and with a fun like gold like Nightwing looking stripe on it. Mm-hmm. This man is Phoenix Jones. That is his superhero name. And no one knew who he was. He actually had a real superhero identity, too. Wow. Yeah, he was... One of his, what his occupation was by day? Uh, he was a... He worked in the mailroom, or he was a cop. A mixed martial artist professionally. Wow. So he went through origin story time. Wow. And I love that. Um... So Jones says he wanted to take uh, policing matters in his own hands after a few incidents changed his mind about Seattle. The first was when Jones said that, says that his car was broken into and his son was injured after returning to the vehicle at, and uh, falling on the broken glass. So he had the moment of, my family is getting hurt. I need to become a superhero. That happened to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also was told by that several people saw the break-in happen but did not intervene. So later, Jones says that he encountered a, uh, a friend being seriously assaulted at a, a bar, and after calling 911, he put on the mask from the, the earlier break-in and made a commotion until the police showed up. Uh, and, I th- and, I, and he said, and I thought, why didn't someone help him? There were tw- 70 people outside that calling a bar and no one did anything. So basically he took it on himself and decided to make himself be who would help people. That's kind of cool. What did you think of this so far? Dude, a lot of stuff you said, I am just thinking just like so much of this happened in the first kick-ass movie and oh, some yeah. in the second movie. 
but he when did this happen like time frame wise um hold on around 2011 2013 like late that 2000 is, what yeah that's that's like right around the time the first kick-ass came out uh, to when the second one did this happened before kick-ass before uh, the movie wise at least well the movie came out in 2010 no i know but like he had a first press thing in 2011 it looks like uh Oh, never mind. So then. he was patrolling and doing stuff before then. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, so he went on to develop a full costume and pseudonym when his crime-fighting behavior made him too recognizable. So in a CBS news broadcast, Jones is shown entering a back room of, of an unarmed comic book store in which he changes into his costume, with which consists of dragon skin brand bulletproof vest and uh, with stab plating. So he doesn't, and as well as his equipment includes a stun baton, pepper spray, tear gas, and handcuffs, and a first aid kit. I mean, you gotta be prepared. So he has, his, his entire motif is I will, he doesn't harm people necessarily, he goes and helps people. So his, his things he has are like for stunning and for things like getting people incapacitated, not for mm-hmm. actually killing or hurting people. He has handcuffs with him. His, he is designed pretty much as an extension of police force. Mm-hmm. Which is really fascinating. This is focused on like he wanted to be because c- cops couldn't always help. Mm-hmm. This is wild, right? Oh uh, yes. <laughs> I'm not crazy. Think this is wild. No, no. So he then eventually created a superhero movement there in Seattle, which called the Rain City Superhero Movement. And in July 2011, local police recorded 10 citizens patrolling the city in costume and superhero costumes. Using the names Thorn, Buster Doe, Green Reaper, The Mantis, Gemini, No Name, Catastrophe, Thunder 88, Penelope, and Phoenix Jones. An individual using the pseudonym Red Dragon has also claimed to be a member of the group. Wait, what? So someone else just claimed to join them? My, I, my, my, I, my my favorite name of this group is no name just like the person just just, just like got asked on the spot what's your name just like uh no name and eventually one of a fun fact yes he dated and then married another superhero well that is huh <laughs> uh and that, that superhero is called purple rain good for them uh this his story has a hold on it's not done yet the story can take a twist oh twisty twist Arrest records, right for that? Well, mm-hmm. injuries first or arrest records first? Either or. Because <laughs> you think you get hurt, right? Of course. Jones reports being stabbed with a knife while trying to intervene intervene with a drug dealer and a resident, damaging part of his costume, which he had to be repaired. That's pretty. That's pretty standard superhero stuff. Mm-hmm. He has told police that his ballistic vest helped stop a bullet during an incident in Tacoma. That's pretty cool. Uh, in 20, 2011, Jones claims to have had his nose broken by an assailant while attempting to break up a fight. When, uh, when one of the men pulled a gun on him while another one kicked him, breaking his nose. This incident was never reported to police and was cre- treated by Jones' private doctor. So he has a private doctor, too, to help him, like Alfred style. How much money does this man have? Well, he was a professional al- athlete for a while. He then mind. Ah. He, he worked mis- mis- mixed martial arts. Amateur and professional. Uh, when he, in his mixed martial arts record, he had seven wins, three losses, and, and 11 matches uh, with one draw. That's not terrible, I don't think. No, uh, stats-wise, that's pretty decent. He's also huge. Does that surprise I you? Ma- no. <laughs> Do you want to see a picture of this man? 
Uh, yes. Okay. So, just in costume or what? Both. His costume looks awesome. It is, again, it's got a cool black. It's got gold on it. Like, look at this suit. That is a dope suit. It is. It looks like a superhero costume. That, that like, looks like a mix of Spawn and someone else. Like Steel. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, plus, like, Nightwing kind of styling. Yeah. And he's had a few different designs with it. Like, you can see on this picture right here, the gold was different design here. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think I mean, that's just his helmet covering it. But that's him with the mask off. He actually had a uh, Spider-Man Civil War moment, too. What happened? He did? Yes. So, in Civil War, the comic book series, uh, Spider-Man had this huge moment where this hero to testify on court to help defend a case had to unmask himself publicly mm-hmm. and it was a huge deal yeah like the world didn't know who he was and all like he was actually like a legit secret identity kind of person and then he unveiled himself to the world and there was press release about it and then he was like it was decided if he was if he was arrested or not seattle city attorney pete holmes wait hold on it's actually his name hold on because pete holmes is someone else entirely Okay, politician Pete Holmes, not comedian. <laughs> uh, Seattle City Attorney Pete Holmes has called Jones a deeply misguided individual, which, fair. just But, like, the idea is nice. Yeah. Uh, in 2011, Jones was arrested for investigation after assault after using pepper spray to break up an alleged fight. He spent approximately seven hours in jail before posting the $3,800 bail. No charges were filed, and the case later dropped that month. Yes. The end of his reign has happened. Of his, <laughs> of his vigilantism. Because of this. On January 9th, 2020, this is last year, Jones was arrested for allegedly selling uh, methamphetamine oh. to, to an undercover police officer. At the time oh. of his arrest, police alleged that he and his accomplice were also in possession of about four grams of cocaine. Now, again, I don't know the case. I, wouldn't actually, I don't know much about that part specifically. Mm-hmm. But Phoenix Jones' story is not being not done. He is still like there's still stuff happening around his life, and that's wild to me. Yeah, there are other less superheroes in the entire world. Most of them just look like help homeless people or like volunteer at food fillers in a costume. That's cute. But like, this guy actually patrolled the streets every single night, got broke up fights, pepper sprayed people, helped get people down, helped stop sexual assaults, got shot up by bullets. He was a real-life Batman for a while. And that's wild. That's crazy. Until he had to unmask himself publicly because he had a testifying court to help someone's defense. If that isn't if that isn't being a superhero, I don't really know what it is. That is, ins- that is insane. Why but, has Hollywood not made a movie about this man's life yet? Um, do you want more information? Uh, if you get, sup? What about his $100,000 super, so- super suit donation drive? Because that's a big number. It, it certainly is. Um, so he's one hundred thousand dollars super suit super suit donation drive. Basically, Phoenix Jones started a donation drive in order to fund getting a new state of the art armor battle suit. Because naturally, of course, mm-hmm. everyone every superhero needs a new state of the art armored battle suit for walking on, for walking in Seattle. Many members of his community, his superhero community, such as the Urban, Aven- Urban Avenger found this action to be immoral due to the fact that the donation drive 
was linked to Purple Rain's charitable website, which is his, his wife. Mm. Um, but basically, yeah, he tried to crowdfund a new suit for himself. Mm. This man, the audacity he has, I don't understand. Phoenix Jones, his name comes from Phoenix. Is from he likes Greek mythology. That's kind of uh, Phoenix means rebirth. Jones mm. is the most common last name there is. One of the most common last names there is. So represents the idea of being that regular people can hold others accountable for their actions. That's kind of cool. Um, he wanted to be a rebirth every man, I guess. So he also, ready for more information about his v- equipment? Yeah. There's more. In addition to his suit, Jones carries a variety of weapons that he uses against criminals. Pepper spray, stun gun, baton, flip phone. Huh? <laughs> he carried a flip phone with him. I'm guessing because it was harder to break. I, uh, but, huh? Handcuffs and a modified riot shield. That's so much stuff, and even like a modified riot shield, like, can be really heavy. And like, you also have a hundred thousand dollars suit that can stop like stabs and bullets. Like, that's gonna be heavy. And like, I, this man clearly like has muscles, but still. <laughs> Jones has also stated that at one point he used a net launcher, but. <laughs> But ultimately, stopped using it after it backfired on him. That's gotta suck. Imagine dropped by a criminal, and it launches back at you. I'd love for that to happen to Batman one time. His he also always wore a GoPro to film his patrols. That way, he always had records of what was happening and could could give proper evidence. That's that's smart. Uh, he even carried a grappling hook when he first started. Did it work? But got rid of it after realizing that it wasn't practical. <laughs> Yeah, most grappling hooks that exist are not like Batman's where they can just shoot you up to the sky. Like, there's physics behind it that as to why said, that's not possible. The Mythbusters did make that. They did make it, yes. In regards to transportation, he used a number of vehicles, one of which was a 1988 Geo Prism. He set up a computer in at least one of these vehicles. This, this is... wow. This man was trying to be Batman. I love you have like a Phoenix Jones like you know having basically like being the real life Batman and then you have like kick ass just like buying like a swimsuit and just like <laughs> having batons and then that's all he has. Um, so in his appearance prior to acquiring his black and gold suit he used a suit composed of a black ski mask a black fedora <laughs> cause remember, okay. last, remember Dr. Vampire's fedora that's a good thing to use you know um, of course. A gray skin tight shirt and black and white trunks on the outside with a white utility belt and black cape. So, in the early days of his career, he wore a tear off boys to men suit, apparently. <laughs> so, oh my. Which covered his suit underneath. So he could look like, like Superman style, rip into battle. And after the pepper spraying incident, like, um, which we had to go to a court for or something like that, um, or police. He got arrested for pepper spray someone, I think, for assault charge. Mm-hmm. But it was turned out to be he was self-defense and helping someone else with that. And I think that got settled. Um, the Seattle PD confiscated his first black and gold suit. But Jones quickly replaced it with a similar one. <laughs> so he had a spare. I mean... I mean, it makes sense because, like, even like he knows that it's just like the suit's gonna get ruined, stolen. Something's gonna happen to it. He should have another. But overall, that's insane. What do you think about Phoenix freaking Jones? This, this is certainly something. Uh, 
as I said before, like there's a lot of similarities between like him and Kickass. Uh, but the fact that it's real, like, is even crazier to think of. My favorite thing is hearing the um, that he inspired like a whole bunch of other people to become superheroes, because that is the exact thing that happens in Kickass Two. Um, he joins like this like little uh, like uh, group um, that like are, is made up of a bunch of superheroes, um, and they all range from like you know being children to being like uh, parents to like things like that. And like to see that happen in real life is just crazy to me. It's so fascinating to see this. Uh, stuff happen do i think that people should risk their lives for this kind so, of stuff i don't know i learned he has foes he has foes what the first one listed is crime and that's really funny to me <laughs> uh, the second one listed is rex velvet rex that's a name if i've ever heard one velvet whose real name is ryan Corey. he's a self-proclaimed real life supervillain Self-proclaimed, the off America who first wait, huh? What? So he first tried to just call out uh, Phoenix Jones for being, I think, is trying to he tried to make himself his foe, basically. Oh, that's kind of lame. Um, he's got oh, Purple Rain is also now his ex-wife, not his current wife anymore. I guess. Ah, that's not the rip, rip. Sad. Superhero love rip, does not last. Rip my guy. Uh, Purple Rain. Do you want to see a picture of her? Uh, sure. Let's get a picture of this person for you. God, now I just want to go back and watch the kick-ass movies. <laughs> just the first one, it's fine. Um, I haven't seen the, second, seen the second one yet. Uh, the second one's so disappointing. So, this is Phoenix Jones with Purple Rain. And they look like superheroes. They look like, this looks like a scene from a, a movie. His yeah. costume, out of all the superheroes, though, is the most expensive one. And the most protective one. Yeah. Because his is like, bulletproof and stab-proof. I think it's smart of uh, Purple Rain to, like, clearly, like, that's a wig and then having the uh, the mask uh, on her as well. I think smart to secret identities. Okay, as you say that, here's a picture of Purple Rain without either the, without the mask. Because oh, so her hair is purple. She, yeah, she eventually started dyeing her hair. I oh, think. well, good for her. Um, her suit became more advanced once she started think, dating Phoenix Jones. Ah, so that's the whole reason. I think. She just wanted to upgrade her gear. Um, because her suit became a lot more, you can see in this picture, armored, like his. Mm. Oh, Purple Rain, she has purple hair, she has a purple and black suit. She like, she used to wear a mask too, but like like a COVID mask, not like a domino yeah. mask. Um, God, we can say now like a COVID mask, that's so weird. So, I want to know... I want to know what it's like for like these like real life superheroes to watch like comic book like movies and shows now, because like... I how does that work? I'm so curious. See, I feel like he breaks the Sokovia Accords. <laughs> um, yeah. But he wasn't most of the time breaking the law like, in any way. He was watching people and helping break out fights and knew his rights and basically just mostly monitored. It was very much, I am here to make sure you're okay in a fight. He did a, he's got a mob before. He's had a bunch of people like, come and try and attack or kill him, which is terrifying. Oh, um, easily. He's gotten beaten down numerous times, but he always got back up, and that's pretty cool. Now, okay, for any people who want to do this, don't do this. It is this very, is dangerous. very dangerous. And also, he's been arrested numerous times. He's been he's been shot, tased, beaten. Like this is a this man. Batman is not your goal, people. Do not emulate comic book superheroes. Any more thoughts or any questions on Phoenix Jones I can answer for you? 
honestly like this is this is pretty cool and interesting uh weird story um yeah i very i very much enjoyed this i i don't think i really have many other questions i think the statement from the district attorney i think it was or someone mm-hmm. uh yeah city attorney saying a deeply misguided individual is probably pretty accurate anyone who puts on a bulletproof stab proof suit to go fight to go patrol city and stop crime is a little bit misguided i think but that easily means- like in like in kick-ass like his sole motivation like for just like putting on the costume and going out patrol was he thought it would be cool and then he nearly died the second he did it yeah I think that's about it phoenix jones was a cool dude and then he be one uh either live either die hero or he live long enough to see himself become the villain that's kind of what happened here. It was a, a you can find out about more information if you look up Phoenix Jones stuff on your own, and please do. He's it's a very interesting case to look up. Yes. Um, I went on a few different articles and said some highlights of things, but overall, this character is this no, not this person, uh, Ben Fo. What's his name? Fogel Fodor. Benjamin Fodor is a very fascinating man, and I hope he's not dead at this point. Not dead. Or I hope he's doing okay. Because if, he, if he's like survived beatdowns and stuff like that, I think he's going to keep going until he like comes very, very he close is to 33. Death. Really? He is younger than you would probably think, right? Yeah. Like, this, yeah, because he did this like almost a decade ago. Or he did it a decade ago. Oh, Damn, God. So he, was close, he was close to our age. That's wild. And he fought and he actually helped people make a difference. That's cool. Um, so thank you all for listening to the podcast this week. That was it. We have, um, I know it wasn't maybe not the longest main topic in the world or main longest um, talk about our super weird stories. We kind of combined them because they're, I would want to do a bit more of an extended weird story and that fit out well with this. And plus it allows us to rant about Xenon a little more. And that's always fun. Yes. Because that movie is nonsense. Anyway, if you have any other questions, comments, concerns, or if we want shout outs, you want, uh, send us a theme song. I'd love a theme song. Yes. Even a theme song is just like cat scratching. We'll play it next time. Yes. Uh, and send it to us at nerdtalkproductionsyt at gmail.com or tweet at us at nerdtalk underscore prod and using the hashtag geekspeakpod. You can find me on Twitter at the theater nerd and I also run all the geekspeak and nerd talk social media pages. Josh. This is the part where I come in with my social media stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you can find me on the Twitters at J underscore Rudy28, on the Instagrams at J underscore Rudy16. Uh, you can check out my YouTube channel, uh, Josh Rudolph, where I do movie reviews, video essays, other random stuff at very random times throughout the years. Yeah. And if, we're, if we sound tired, it's because we are. We're now recording this. We're ending this podcast at 3.50 in the morning. Bit later than we wanted to record. Yeah, we were planning on recording at like midnight. That's not what happened. So, good night. <laughs> um, <laughs> good night or good morning, whenever you're listening to this. Thank you for listening so much. It's really appreciated. We will get a better start on next week's sooner. Yes. Anyway, thank you for listening. Make sure to give us five star reviews on everything and tell us you like the podcast because it's always nice to hear. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.